We're in Jonah, chapter 2. <clears throat> Jonah, chapter 2. Uh, verse 1, Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine, infli mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word tonight. And, and God, we thank you for uh, uh, just for your watch care over Jonah. And though you uh, put him through so much uh, because he needed it, yet you were with him, uh, dear God, all the way. And, and, and we see that. And, and Father, I just ask for your filling tonight to minister uh, the word to your church, to your flock. And, and Father, I pray for uh, my dear wife watching the children in the nursery and fill with your spirit, God. Thank you for the good services this morning, for the preaching and teaching of, of your word that went forth in the children's Sunday school hour, the adult Sunday school hour, the morning worship service. God, the songs of praise we've been privileged to sing to you, just all the labors and prayers that have gone forth, uh, and that, Lord, that we lay at your feet. Father, we thank you, and I thank you for this church, and I pray, dear God, that uh, you be also with those who are with us here uh, online. Uh, many can't be with us, Father, because of the circumstances about them, and, and Father, we're thankful that uh, online they can be here with us. Lord, we look forward to that time uh, when we can be meeting all back together in person, and, and pray you continue to work there. Help us to be faithful uh, dear Lord, in all things that you have for us and to grow in the likeness of Christ. And, and Father, uh, help us to thank you and praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, as we have uh, been looking in the uh, life of the prophet Jonah, and uh, he uh, certainly had some excitement, to say the least. Uh, he, we saw Jonah chapter 1, Jonah running from God. God had called him to go to Nineveh and preach to that great city, and and uh, he kind of was 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 afraid they would repent. Of course, I'm getting ahead of myself there, but he didn't want to go. He had he, remember he had prophesied to the king of Israel that that God was going to expand their borders and all that, and he did that. That was that was great and wonderful and popular. Uh, but now he's going to go preach revival to the Assyrians. Eh, it doesn't mix too good, and maybe that was part of what was made him a little hesitant. But anyway, uh, he runs the other way. He goes down, 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 you know, down uh, into Joppa, down into the ship, down, down into the, the belly of the ship, down into the whale, down into the ocean. 
and running away from God is just down. There's no other way uh, other than that. We compared his, his trip on the uh, stormy sea as a backslider to Paul's trip on the stormy sea as a, as a servant of God and, and saw how, how much better it is to be in the will of God in the midst of your storms than, uh, frankly, to be the cause of the storm coming on you uh, and others around you. And, uh, and so uh, uh, God uh, eventually has him thrown into, uh, into the sea so that he, can, he could reach him. And then we began looking at chapter 2 and found out that there are some uh, uh, interesting things about chapter 2 that make it uh, uh, kind of difficult perhaps to discern what's going on as far as literal and figurative perhaps. Uh, because uh, Jonah is using uh, figurative language that David himself used about his own sufferings. Uh, and yet in Jonah's case, they could be literal because he was actually thrown into the sea and the waves actually were billowed over, billowed over him. And so uh, uh, it, it, you know, if God did this literally, then what, what is happening is God took what David described as figurative when David was running from God and trying to cover up his sins, and then David described his sufferings figuratively, God took that very thing and made that literal in, in Jonah's life. And uh, that's a powerful lesson, isn't it? And especially if you're a prophet, you knew what all those things that David said and uh, be, a, be a pretty pretty amazing thing. I'm sure one you wouldn't forget uh, soon. At least we wouldn't think so. Um, anyway, but uh, so he gets cast into the sea. And uh, we saw, beginning in chapter 2 there, that he prays out of the fish's belly. And as he begins to open up his mouth in prayer, uh, the first thing he does as he opens up his mouth in prayer in the fish's belly is that he offers worship for answered prayer, for deliverance, and, uh, and, and in, in, in verse 2. And then in, verses three, uh, in verse uh, 3, he describes what that distress was. He says, you had cast me into the, into the deep, in the midst of the seas. The floods compassed me about. The billows weighed over my head. Then he says what he prayed. Uh, uh, then I said, I'm cast out of thy sight. I'll look again to thy holy temple. So he's, he realized God has cast him out. He's in trouble. And he looks again to thy holy temple. We, we, we kind of did a study on that, how that, how that to a Jew, especially to a prophet, that's, an, that's the idea of repentance. <laughs> Here I am. He knows he's a sinner. He told those guys, hey, I'm the cause of all this. Throw me in the sea. And so uh, and now he's cast out. And what's he do? He, he has repentance. He says, when my soul fainted in me, you read there. So he realizes, it's, it, unless God does something, it's, it's all lost. It's all gone. He cries out in repentance. And, uh, and uh, I'll look to thy holy temple. So he's wanting to get back uh, and, uh, and, get, uh, and get right with God. And uh, he says uh, in verse... Uh, in verse 9, he says... Uh, I will sacrifice unto thee, unto thee the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Um, so what Jonah remembers what he prayed. He remembers what he was delivered from. Now, what did he actually pray in the fish? Well, he, he gave praise for the deliverance that he'd received. And I think he also made vows. Uh, he repented. He remembers that as he, as, he, as he comes to in the fish, so to speak. That he had called out upon God. He's got an answer to her. He he remembers repenting, crying out, and uh, he called out, and uh, and I I think he made a resolve in that fish that I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Now remember, we don't know uh, 
when he prayed in the fish? Was it the moment the fish, he got in the mouth of the fish? Was it uh, the moment before the fish spit him out? We don't know. We have no idea. We just know that he, that he, that he prayed out of the belly of the fish. And, uh, but, it, but, it's, but it's quite, a, quite an ordeal to go through. Uh, you think about that. And uh, we studied that the, the words for belly there are, are different. The one for the belly of the fish has the idea of the intestines and the actual belly and, and such. And, and uh, when he says, out of the belly of hell, I cried out, it's a different word. And uh, belly there. And, uh, and has the idea of, uh, it's translated in our, uh, in our uh, KJV as uh, a womb, body within, born. And he says, I cried out of the belly of hell. And we talked about how he used, when he, for hell he used that word sheol. And we studied sheol and found that sheol never means just the grave. Sheol means, uh, means the place of the dead. It's the abode of the dead. And uh, so uh, we were uh, uh, pondering, did Jonah actually die? And I think it's very possible that he did. And uh, by the way, if he did, that would make him an even more excellent example of the Lord Jesus Christ because he uh, actually died and was put into the heart of the earth. So if Jonah actually died and was put into the belly of the whale, that would be an even greater example uh, of the Lord uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the word, different words for hell, the word for, sh or for belly, the word for sheol there uh, seem to indicate that. Uh, the, the idea that his prayer begins with a remembrance of deliverance kind of points perhaps to that, uh, that, uh, that he uh, died maybe even before uh, the, whale, the whale swallowed him. He co definitely uh, comes to sometime in the whale uh, and prays, and, uh, uh, and, so, and so we see that. Uh, another... Uh, Indication is that he describes his, his event here. He says uh, in verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. Uh, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Uh, yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. He says from corruption. And, uh, and so we, we think about that, that, uh, uh, that word, uh, that corruption there that he was brought up from. And uh, let's see, <clears throat> thou hast brought my life up from corruption, and uh, that Hebrew word is translated in our in our KJV as corruption, pit, destruction, ditch, grave. And uh, now, in four times in our KJV in the Old Testament, that word, that Hebrew word, is translated corruption. And every time in the Old Testament you found it, find it translated corruption, it deals with the corruption of the grave, the corruption of the body. Four times that word's translated in, in, in an Old Testament. We'd find it in Job. Job 17, 14. I have said to corruption, thou art my father. To the worm, thou art my mother and my sister. What's Job speaking about? He's speaking about the corruption that takes place in the grave when the worm breaks down the body. Uh, that's one of those places that word is translated corruption. Uh, in Psalms 16.10, we know that one. That's about our Lord. Uh, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see what? Corruption. 
uh, and there in the, in the psalm, the same Hebrew word is there. And we know from our New Testament that that's talking about the corruption of the body uh, because he was not left in the grave four days. He raised again the third day. His body saw no physical corruption or breaking down. Uh, then we find another place. Uh, the other place we find is in Isaiah 38, 17. And uh, uh, this one, uh, if you didn't know, if you pulled it out of context, you might not realize the meaning of it. But Isaiah 38, 17 says, For behold, uh, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. And the context of Isaiah's uh, writing there is Hezekiah's prayer. That is part of Hezekiah's prayer. Hezekiah had been delivered from what? From physical death. He was going to go to the grave. Uh, God told him, get your house in order, you're going to die. And Hezekiah prayed for deliverance, what? From the, from the, from the grave in the sense of dying and his body corrupting. And, uh, and so God delivered him, gave him what? 15 more years. So in that context, uh, Hezekiah, Hezekiah prayed, uh, Thou hast delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. And he was referring to his physical death and, and, and his dying and be, being giving life uh, uh, to go on. Uh, Psalm uh, 49, 6. Uh, also, we see it. Uh, uh, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves and multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give God a ransom for him. Uh, for the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever. That, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. Goes on to get the context. For he seeth the wise, that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish. They leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever, and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names, Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beasts that what? Perish. They corrupt. Uh, th this their way is their folly. Yet their posterity approve their sayings. Like sheep they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. Uh, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. Their beauty shall consume in the grave. So once again, the context is speaking of what? The corruption of the body. So without fail, every time that word in our KJV, that Hebrew word is translated corruption, it deals with the very corruption of the body uh, that, fo that follows death. And uh, so it appears that that's what Jonah was talking about as well. Uh, that God delivered him from that. He did not allow him to, his body to corrupt. If, uh, though he uh, died, perhaps, uh, there was no corruption that took place. God got him into that fish. Uh, he, he came to at some time in that fish and, 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 uh, and prayed. And uh, sometime before that fish spit him out, he prayed. And, uh, and so he is, he's a great example uh, of the Lord uh, dying and, and rising again. Uh, the third day. Now, uh, and so uh, 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 Jonah writes in verse 8, and I wanted, I wanted to, I skipped that, uh, reviewing it because I wanted to spend some time on this. He says, they that, lure, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. Uh, he talks about the, the things that, that happened to him. You know, he says, when my soul fainted in me, verse 7, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. And uh, 
And then he says, uh, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Uh, what, is, what is Jonah saying here? This is kind of, a, this is kind of a, the, uh, uh, the writer's pause here, I guess, teaching us something, uh, pondering on it. Uh, I'm considering all that I've done. I, I've told you what I've prayed from, from, from within the fish. I've told you what happened to me. And he makes this conclusion. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Maybe he actually said that to God. Maybe that was part of his prayer. I don't know. But he realizes that. Now, what's he talking about? They that, that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Well, where did uh, Jonah come from when he hit, before he hit the water? He was on board a ship uh, with, with heathen mariners and sailors. And remember, what were they doing? They were all praying, what, to their false gods when that great storm came along. It was all Jonah's fault. He was running from the true God. And they were all uh, praying to their false gods. And Jonah's down there having a little snooze. You know, he's wore out and tired and, and running from God. By the way, running from God uh, will wear you out. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and that's even before God gets a hold of you, okay? Uh, but, uh, uh, and so they, they're, they're praying to their false gods. And so finally they come to Jonah, wake up, sleeper, what are you doing? You know, aren't you praying to your God? And uh, so finally they, they cast lots, and Jonah says, it's, it was me. You're going to have to throw me in. See, they, they realized that he, he had told them he was running from the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And the Bible says they feared greatly. And so what happened? Uh, they began to, they cast lots and such, and, and they began to recognize Jonah's God. Amen? And, uh, and the matter of fact, the Bible says that, uh, that when they found that out, they tried to roll a little farther and keep going, and, and uh, eventually they, they, they talked to Jonah's God and said, don't hold this against us. Uh, don't hold innocent blood against us, they said. And they threw Jonah overboard. And what happened? The sea calmed, didn't it? The sea calmed. And Jonah's realizing, here these guys are. I'm the only one on the ship that knows the true God. They're about to die because of me. <laughs> and they're crying to their gods, and, they, and there ain't nobody hearing them. <laughs> they're crying and hollering and screaming. They needed mercy from my God. The backslidden Jonah could get more mercy from his God than the pleading sailors could get, can get from, from their, all their cries the whole, you know, the whole storm long. And he's realizing they that observe lying vanities, false gods, anything outside of the truth that you trust in, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. If they hadn't gotten mercy from my God, Jonah realizes, they'd be dead. They'd be dead. And he, it's, it's an amazing thing to him to ponder that. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And so I wanted to trace that thought lying vanities through the Bible uh, a little bit just in, 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 in ending uh, uh, chapter 2 here uh, lying vanities anything that we choose apart from God is a lying vanity all forms of idolatry are lying vanities if you are not a Christian today you are living be, uh, according to some lying vanity which you have chosen that's just a fact now you may be have now, now you definitely are deceived in choosing it but you chose it 
So if you're if you're if you're obviously if you you know you're you're old enough and you have the the, the sense and the you know the uh, to, to make the, the, those choices and such, but if you've not chosen Christ, you're still living under a lying vanity, and you're forsaking your own mercy. And we'll look at some verses which which kind of which would point us to that um, in finishing up uh, chapter two here. In Isaiah 44, we see all forms of idolatry, lying vanities. Uh, and uh, in Isaiah 44, Isaiah is talking about making idols. And I mean, where they actually, you know, cut the tree and shape some gold and, and pound it into plates and make them an idol to worship, okay? In Isaiah 44, and none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. Uh, yea, also I have baked bread upon the coals thereof. I have roasted flesh and eaten it. And shall I make the residue thereof an abomination? I've taken this log, shaped it all up into a nice idol, covered it with uh, precious metals. Uh, shall I make the residue thereof an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stalk of a tree? He feedeth on ashes. What, what, what's left after he heats himself, after he cooks his dinner? Uh, all that's left is ashes. He, uh, he feedeth on ashes. A deceived heart hath turned him aside. The heart is what? Deceitful and desperate, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? A deceived heart hath turned him aside that he cannot deliver his soul nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? See, those who don't worship God don't realize that they've got their right arm wrapped around a lie everything they're trusting in that thinks they're okay that makes them think they're okay without God is a what it's a lie it's a lie and these are so deceived that they can't even see that, 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 that they've got their arm around the lie and it's what they've chosen and uh, to do nobody made them go out and you know cut down that tree and uh, they did it uh, and, and they worship that Jeremiah says the same thing. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 8. Uh, talking about idols again in the context. Those who worship them. He says in Jeremiah 10 8. But they are all altogether brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. <laughs> so we see our lie and vanities right there. Isaiah refers it to a lie. And, and, and Jeremiah calls it vanities. Lying vanities. It's, it's emptiness. A lie is a lie because it can't promise you anything. A lie doesn't do what it says it'll do. And that's what it is when you live a life apart from Christ. Uh, it won't be what, what you think it will be. Your own heart is lying to you that you'll be okay. Uh, and had these not... Had these men not humbled themselves before the only true God in throw, throwing Jonah in, they themselves might have lost their lives. Uh, what 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 an amazing thing! So if you're not a Christian, and and you're uh, you're you, you you're you're choosing to live the way you want, you're living a lie. John eight forty four. Uh, Jesus uh, told some folks who were doing that. He said, "You're of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do." What did he go on to say? For he is a liar and the father of it. That's what he bursts, lies. Uh, what does he battle the gospel with? Lies. Lies. Anything that you trust in, or I would trust in, apart from the gospel is fine with the devil. <laughs> That'll work. 
Anything you want to trust in except for the, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the full payment of your salvation. Anything else you want to trust in, that'll be fine for the devil because that'll be a lie. And by the way, it'll be a, a lying vanity. <laughs> it won't get you anywhere. It'll get you to, it won't get you salvation. That's what the devil wants. Uh, all things apart from faith in Christ are that lying vanity. And... Uh, uh, of course, that began in the, in, in the garden, those lies there that, that we talked some about that this morning. The serpent, you know, the devil working through him. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden, Genesis 3.1. God holding something back, something good from you. He didn't, he, did he, has God not said you can eat of every tree of the garden? And the, 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 and the implication was, and he knew that God had, told them that, he was, that they were not to eat of the, of, the, of, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He knew God was holding one back from them so they could obey God and show him that they loved him. But he was trying to insinuate something else. All these are good. Oh, you mean God held that good thing back from you? That was a lie. God wasn't holding anything good back from him. And, of course, uh, Eve believed that lie. And then Adam believed the lie that he'd be better off, you know, uh, having Eve and disobeying God. And so uh, they, they, they believe that the, the lie there began there. Uh, and uh, liars, uh, false doctrines. Uh, the Bible says about, about God, Isaiah 44, again, that passage where it's talking about idols. I'm the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth above the earth by myself, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars. All those false doctrines. Some of them that maybe could do signs and seemingly miracles. The Bible says God frustrated the tokens of the liars. <laughs> His truth will overcome them. Amen. And uh, uh, he, he'll put them down if we trust him. They don't have the power that he does. He's powerful over them. Uh, and uh, liars. John 14, 6. I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So that means if he is the way, there is no other way. If he is the life, there is no other life. If he is the truth, there is no other truth. All apart from him is what? A lie. Anything that, pro that professes to be a way besides him is lie. Anything that pro professes to be truth besides him is lie. Anything that professes to be life besides him is what? Lie. God puts it all. He parts it right down in the middle. And he says, truth, lie. My son is truth. He is life. He's the way. You receive my son, you receive it all. You, you don't receive my son, you miss it all. And it doesn't matter which lie you choose over him. One you make up yourself. One your mommy and daddy taught you. Uh, 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 one you read in a book somewhere. It doesn't matter what lie you choose. You choose something besides him, you miss it all. You miss it all. And he divides it in that way. And we see that go on uh, through the New Testament. Uh, what did Jesus come to bear witness of? Uh, Pilate says, art thou a king then? Well, Jesus, he says, he's, you know, he, he, he's maybe getting, uh, getting a little light here because Jesus is a king. So Jesus says, thou sayest that I am a king. Uh, remember one place he said, he said, you know, sayest this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? In other words, God's working there, perhaps. But Jesus said to Pilate, To this end was I born, for this cause came I into the world. What? That I should bear witness of the truth. 
the truth. And by the way, he is a king. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, thou sayest, indicates that he is a king. Uh, the truth, the lying and truth. Second uh, Thessalonians 2.8. Uh, uh, there, uh, the scripture is, is talking about uh, the tribulation time when the Antichrist will be revealed. Uh, and Second uh, Thessalonians 2.8. Then shall that wicked be revealed. Wicked being capitalized there, the idea of the wicked one. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's, kind of, that's talking about what? The second coming at the end of the tribulation. He goes on, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and what? Lying wonders. Lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because why? They received not what? The love of the truth that they might be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, God not only offers us the truth, he offers us his love at the same time. And when you reject his truth, you reject what? His love. And why do you do that? Because at that point, you have chosen to, according to the following verses in John 3, you have chosen to love darkness rather than light. That's the nature of condemnation, by the way, when, you, when we choose to love darkness rather than light. When the, whole, when the gospel is given to us and the Holy Spirit draws, we can make that choice. And when we say no, we have chosen to love darkness rather than light. Second uh, Thessalonians goes on. So God deceives, though. He says, allows them to be deceived. Or the Antichrist comes with great deception. And then 2 Thessalonians 2.11 And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe what? A lie. They have been deluding themselves for a long time. Now God's going to add to that delusion. <laughs> and he goes on. That they all might be damned, here it is, who believed not the truth, here it is, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Nobody made them do it. They had pleasure in it. That's what they chose. They chose to believe the lie. And so God then added to their deception. Uh, he uh, multiplied their choice, so to speak. Uh, and and, and they, become, they become condemned. Uh, John writes of this division in the same way. He says, uh, I've not written unto you, First uh, John 2.21, because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. <laughs> Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Oh, well, I don't believe that Jesus is deity. What are you? You're a liar. You have, you have embraced a lie. You're trusting in something false. Somehow you think you're okay without believing that Jesus is the Christ. That, that, and nobody made you do that. That's, that's what you chose to do when you were confronted with that truth. That's the way it is about all false beliefs. Uh, uh, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. And he goes on to say, uh, But the anointing which ye have received of him, that's the Holy Spirit, abideth in you. And ye not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Truth, lie, truth, lie. And then finally, we see it again in, uh, in, in, in Revelation.
in Revelation. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters. Now this word takes on a little bit more meaning right here, doesn't it? After all we just heard. See, when it says all liars, it's not just talking about those of us, those of us who haven't told the truth. That's all of us. It's talking also about what? Those who have chosen a lie above God. Uh, and all liars shall have their part. Any lie. Any lie. Shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And then in Revelation uh, 21 and verse 7 talks about the new Jerusalem and all the beauty that will be there and such and the things that will not be there uh, there's some, most, some of the most wonderful things about eternity folks are the things that won't be there amen and, uh, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or what maketh a lie see that or maketh a lie but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, what, what are people doing that are living a lie? They're actually manufacturing lies. Other people are following them. Other people are learning from their example that, that, that they're okay without Jesus Christ too. And uh, they can follow them because that's what they've taught them by their life. They've chosen whatever lie it is to embrace. They've rejected the, the truth, uh, the way, the truth, and the life. They've embraced a lie, and, and, and they're leading others to do that. Uh, they're involved in, 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 in the propagation of, of, uh, of a lie, whatever lie it is that, they, that they've embraced. And so uh, we, what an amazing thing to think about that. In Revelation 22, uh, 15 puts the icing on the cake as far as that subject goes. Uh, for without, uh, without the city, without that joyous place, are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters. And here it puts everyone outside of that city and outside of that kingdom in one category. It says, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Did you get that? You see, nobody made the lie. They love the lie. They love the lie. And then they embraced the lie. And then by living the lie, they became a propagator of that lie. Those are all the people outside of heaven. They've done that in one way or another. They've rejected the light of God and they've said, I, I choose this lie. Why? And why do they do that? Because they love darkness. Rather than that, they love their sin. And when God exposed that through the gospel, through whatever scripture was given to them, maybe it, was the, maybe it even began with a revelation from creation in some way that they rejected for love of their sin. But regardless, at some point, they rejected that light, embraced that sin, and chose to love that lie. And all those who do that, whatever lie it may be, uh, uh, if that's their ultimate end and they never turn from that then, then what? then that lie is, is what they, they've chosen to love and, and that lie and it is what? they are lying what? vanities <laughs> they're lying vanities see because it won't be okay and it won't be alright and God will send people to hell contrary to all the lies that are out there you know, and there is a day of judgment you see so they're lying vanities they're empty they, they give us nothing uh, they take the life from, from those who trust in them 
And my, that, that, brethren, is why we're here, amen. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we bear witness to the truth. Because we know that faith and hope, what? In the truth is the only, is the only way. We let go of our lie we, when, when God convicts us of our sin. We turn in our heart. If a person is not saved yet, they turn in their heart and ask Jesus Christ to forgive them and save them. When a believer sins and the Holy Spirit convicts, we turn in our heart. And we don't believe that we'll be okay uh, if we keep on sinning. We'll, God, we'll, we won't go to hell if we're born again, but God will chasten us. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to go through what Jonah went through. How about you? you know, I wouldn't want to go through anything like that. And God will chasten us. So those that are yielding to the light that God gives are going to be yielding to that. And when that time comes for salvation, they'll yield to that and they'll be saved. And as, saved, as, as believers, we are to walk the same way we got saved, by faith, by, by, by grace through faith, amen. When Christ convicts, we yield and we grow and uh, Christ will chasten us when we don't. And thank God for that. We need that. Amen. And, uh, but, he, but he'll always do that in love. He'll never let us go once we've been saved. Thank God for that. And by the way, if, if we choose to live some kind of a lie as a believer, hey, you can't, you can't find a more miserable person on earth than that. Not a single one. Uh, and we know of people, multiple people in the Bible whose, what, li whose lives are cut short because they chose to, live a, to, to try and live a lie after they got saved. Oh, well, I don't need to... I don't need to worry about ever going to church, you know. Well, I'm a Christian, but I don't need to about be worried about being baptized or being a witness. Well, I don't need to about, about putting, uh, putting away my sins, even though I'm a Christian. You know what they did? They believed a lie. Now, thank goodness God doesn't lie. So the moment he saved somebody, he promised to save them eternally. So even our lies can't make God a liar, amen. <laughs> but he did promise also to chasten his children if we didn't follow him. And he will do that. And he will do that. And uh, as believers, we don't want that. And, and by the way, we don't want it because we love God. And we realize that we, we love him because he first loved us. Amen. And, uh, and what, what greater joy is there? In thy presence is fullness of joy. And one day, uh, one day uh, we're going to be in his presence. And uh, it's going to be fullness of joy. And there's no greater joy on earth, I tell you right now. And, uh, and I know that believers in here uh, uh, can, can, can associate with it. There is no greater joy than when you know your heart's right with God. And you know that your sins are confessed. You know there's not something you're hanging on to. Say, God, you can't have this one. I just want to hang on to one here. You know, there's, there's no greater joy than to know that, say, God, as far as I know, I'm right with you. Like the Apostle Paul, I know nothing by myself. Paul, I've searched myself, and for, for right, right now, I, I'm right with God. I'm not holding anything back from him. I'm right with my fellow man. Now, Paul, Paul said, that might change in five minutes. The Lord might show me something, but, but, but right now, I'm right with God. And that's, that, that is a joyous, that is a joyous uh, thing in the heart. And the Holy Spirit uh, bears witness uh, to that, to that um, as well. Uh, and so the whale spits him out <laughs> on the dry land. Uh, Jonah having uh, seen and learned great things <laughs> and been through a lot. Chapter 1, running from God. Chapter 2, running to God. And then chapter 3, uh, we'll, he'll be, he'll be uh, running uh, for God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your blessings and goodness. And, and Lord, I thank you for the truth. And uh, I remember as a lost person that I heard uh, many verses from the Bible, but 
they were confused and they were taken out of context and God it left me frustrated and and, and weary uh, dear God because frankly they were lies uh, they were they were saying that somehow uh, heaven would be attained by my efforts or, or my resolve and, and Father uh, you have said they're lying vanities they're, they're empty uh, there's no fulfillment there I thank you for the time that that the gospel was shared with me and I, I learned that Jesus Christ is the way the truth and the life and that we do come to the Father by him and whosoever shall call upon him will be saved I thank you for that and, and Father uh, I rejoice uh, when so many years ago over 30 years ago now I did that and I know that these in here as they remember uh, doing that and as they know that commitment in their heart we share that rejoicing we thank you and we praise you God and I pray that you would help us uh, as you we have now have the spirit of truth in us and I pray that you would help us to bear witness to the truth to bear witness to the gospel uh, to bear witness to the things that uh, that are excellent, the things that are, are holy, and, and how that we as believers can live with you as lights in a, in a dark and perverse world, Lord. And we, we, we need your word. We need your spirit. We're thankful for your son and for your love, God. And I pray uh, that you would help us to continue to be lights here. Uh, and to continue to reach out to those that we can reach, sharing them, uh, uh, sharing the truth in love uh, with those that we can. And Father, give us the grace and the wisdom and the opportunity and the boldness to do that. And Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.